Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay. And today I've got part two of what we started on Friday, where I sat down with Sarah Abampato of Lockdown LA Kings, and we talked about the TSN documentary, The Problem of Pain. So I'm just going to get right into it. For them, it's probably like the Pandora's box of, ah, well, if we come up with a policy, if we come up with something like, then we actually have to do something about it. And we don't want to do that. So we're just going to keep pretending that it's fine. Yeah. Which, again, kind of leads back into the issues that they have with CTE at the minute. And Gary Bettman being like, oh, there's absolutely no evidence that CTE is a direct result of concussions and concussions don't even exist in this sport. What are you talking about? Everything mm-hmm. is fine. You know, which again leads back into this this pain medication issue of you know, would would guys like Derek Bugard have been in the way that in the shape that they are, you know, guys like Daniel Carcillo, mm-hmm. would he be in bad shape as he is had his like brain trauma being mm-hmm. managed instead of just being like hey take this painkiller get back out mm-hmm. on the ice uh you know i hesitate to talk about mike richards mm-hmm. um in case you just like start wailing into the microphone <laughs> but it's the kind of it's that same thing yep. of of what would his career have ended up like had he not you know been forced into what i you know what we kind of assume is a pretty heavy Mm-hmm. Pain addiction. Yeah, and I mean, he 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 was on my list of of, of things to to bring up, so I, I was fully prepared to have to have like Michael Richards <laughs> feelings. But, um, you know, and, and and thinking about it and, and watching this too, you know, it feels like there has been a conscious shift away from opioids, from oxycontin, from things that we know, you know, are, are the things that directly contributed to Derek Bugard's death of, of the accidental overdose. And we know how addictive those are. And it seems like, you know, kind of reading between the lines, the league is a little bit like, you know, this is, this is, this is me spitballing. So, you know, if the league's lawyers are listening, I'm not accusing <laughs> you of anything, but, you know, it, it seems like it's a little bit of like, Hey, look, we're not, handing out oxy like candy anymore to these guys so we're cool right meanwhile they're giving them this other drug which maybe isn't going to have the same sort of addictive qualities or isn't going to be quite the same as a guy getting 14 different pill prescriptions but as we saw from ryan kessler is something that has profoundly impacted and damaged his life and his health just to keep him pain-free so all because the league maybe is monitoring a little better who's handing out pain pills to who and you know maybe we won't see another mike richard situation um or you know another the the extreme of the Derek bugard situation with the the multiple prescriptions from multiple team doctors now we have this whole other animal that they have introduced 
of of this drug that you're not supposed to use in a daily maintenance fashion and yet here they are being like just take it it's fine and then you know five years later it turns out that your entire like intestinal system is falling apart because of it like right like i think it was pretty pretty early on in the in the documentary kyle quincy talked about how like he was told to take this um and so he did and he was like oh like it's not messing with his head mm-hmm. like it's it's not like oxy you know mm-hmm. it's not going to get him high he can he's you know everything is clear it just takes the pain away but like what happens when you take the pain away is that you don't realize how much kind of mm-hmm. stress you're putting on things like mm-hmm. um like so, so something that always occurs to me when they talk about how they take the pain away um i did mixed martial arts for a number of years and one of the key things in mixed martial art is the idea of like putting stress on joints and the thing about your knee joint is that there's very few pain receptors in your knee and so if you're doing like a a joint lock on a knee it doesn't hurt up until it snaps and Mm -hmm. then it hurts a lot and so it kind of that's that's what that makes me think of was when you're like oh if it doesn't hurt you can push through it but what you don't realize like pain is your body telling you to stop yeah and if it doesn't hurt then you can very easily kind of go past that point of oh it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt right up until you know your your mcl has been torn in half Mm -hmm. and you know there goes there goes your knee (laughs) yeah or or it's like you know these guys not necessarily have like a higher pain tolerance but they 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 put up with so much more than any of us normal folks ever would like i always kind of joke like you know jonathan quick does splits like it's nobody's business and then one time at a hockey game i was trying to like step over the row of seats to get to the row behind me and i pulled something in like my, like my hamstring and like i was like this is painful this is horrible <laughs> like you know it's not obviously not not equivalent but like they a thing that would hurt the average person i feel like they are just sort of conditioned to be like yeah it hurts whatever it's cool like let me put some ice on it'll be fine and or it's like people who never under like never see a pain scale that makes sense to them until you know they happen to get one doctor who really understands pain and they're like holy crap i've been living if one to ten is is your scale i've been living with like a 15 and i just never knew it because no one listened to me and and, right if you're like oh this this is your like base Mm -hmm. base level and it sounds very much for me like um like i think it was a it was either kyle quincy or you know Knopka was talking about how they would take it every single mm-hmm. regular season game and playoff mm-hmm. game and so that's you know that's a hundred times in the space of from october through to april may june and like body never gets to rest your body never gets to just take a minute to be like, Hey, like you said, like you don't, you don't feel the pain until there's something terribly wrong. And if you're just numbing that pain out for a hundred days a year, and then, and then if you stop taking the pain medication, you're going to be like, Holy crap, this is awful. And then you start taking it again. And then before you know it, you're Ryan Kessler or you're someone who uh, they talked with Zenon Kanapka's, uh, I don't know if it's his fiance or his girlfriend, but uh, she said that she's afraid that he's never going to understand how to manage his pain in in an appropriate way to to really, you know, to to engage in proper pain management that 
your average non-professional athlete learns or works with a doctor on, but his brain now is so wired in, in a different way because of all of these years of, of hockey that he, he may, it, he may not know how to get back to, to normal uh, of how to manage your pain without in, in a different way because of all of these years of, of hockey that he, he may, it, he may not know how to get back to, to normal uh, of how to manage your pain without, having to rely on these drugs that are not meant for long-term use. Like your, your body just isn't meant to be in that state. And these guys are doing it every single day. Like that's wild to me. Coming up in just a minute, I've got more from Sarah's and mine's conversation, but first let me tell you about Roman, you know, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves. You know, we say things like, oh, you know, I've lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether uh, with excuses like, you know, I've had a long day at work or I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. We've got real healthcare professionals who can prescribe real medication. It is simple, safe and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is just so easy. Go to getroman.com slash lockedonnhl and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. So once again, go to roman.com slash, slash locked on NHL today. And if you're approved, you will get $15 off your first offer of your first order of ED treatment. That is getroman.com slash locked on NHL. Like many of you, I've been working from home for the past 200 and some days. Uh, and, you know, between never ending laundry cycles, incoming emails, I've got so much to do. So why don't you, like me, give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right now, right to your door. Uh, It's super easy to order. You just open the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Uh, We have over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. So no matter where you are, you can support your local go-tos or you can choose from your favourite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's and the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, And more importantly, many of your favourite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favourite local restaurant and your food will be left at your door. Uh, DoorDash deliveries are contactless everywhere to keep the communities we operate in safe. Um, And, you know, if you don't want to go out for a meal or you can't go out for a meal you know DoorDash is perfect um I know I got bored of cooking for myself about three weeks in and so you know something like DoorDash is perfect and it also gives you the opportunity to support you know the smaller local restaurants that might be struggling as they are still you know unable to open in some places Uh, And right now, our listeners can get $5 off plus zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and 
zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL, all one word. Don't forget, that's LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Yeah, like they talk about how it's not, like this Toradol is not as like innately addictive as things like mm-hmm. Oxycontin are, but it is that kind of that same kind of addiction thing like you know people who who are recovering addicts will always say you know there's no such thing as a recovering addict i'm just mm-hmm. i'm just gonna be an addict for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and if they take like one drink then that's you yeah. know they're right back where they started and it does very much kind of feel like that same thing of like well if i stop taking it then i'm not going to be okay you know i don't know how to function without it mm-hmm. anymore because it's it's it resets your base level in terms of like so this is what painless is like mm-hmm. when you're on the drug and then you you know quote unquote sober up and you're like oh mm-hmm. actually everything hurts this is yeah, this is actually terrible <laughs> yeah how am i supposed to live like this you know he does he's never yeah. really going to understand what kind of what like his his base level painlessness Mm-hmm. is like if that makes sense yeah or i was also thinking as i was watching it um i started thinking about marion hosa who you know it wasn't a pain issue necessarily but he he was playing for several years through this terrible skin allergy that he had developed and to the point where he was on so many medications, like just boxes of medications multiple times a day. He had to get like blood tests. I don't remember if it was daily or weekly or something, but he had to get frequent blood tests to make sure that the medications he was taking weren't basically like shutting down his organs. And it came to a point where, you know, he and his wife were like, do you want to live like this every day for the rest of your life when, you know, there's an easy solution and it's, you don't play hockey anymore. And, you know, but the fact that he put himself through that for years, because that was his option of you take these medications that could have huge impacts on your internal organs, but you still get to play hockey. Like, yeah, it's this. I would, it's I, this. As a normal person, I would just be like on my couch, like I would never move again. Like, <laughs> I'd just be like, well, this is my life now. <laughs> Yeah, I would just kind of like just accept it, you know, but it's it's that because it's the cup mentality, you know, mm-hmm. this hashtag that they trot out every single yeah. year and they're like, this is why we do it because of the cup. And then the playoffs finish and then you realize that guys were playing with like separated shoulders or like someone had, you know, someone had their leg cut off in the second round and kept mm-hmm. playing on a piece of wood that they right. duct taped into their skate, you know, like it's... The punctured lung or He was playing with with broken ribs, a punctured lung, and a separated shoulder in the year that he won the cup. You know? Yeah. Um, Riley Nash, I believe, played... He broke his leg in blocking a shot in a playoff game, I Mm -hmm. think, and then he played the rest of the penalty kill, which was like a minute and 46 seconds on this broken leg. Yeah. You know, it's it's insane to, to like us, but to two hockey players they're like oh yeah like like if you mentioned it to them they're like oh yeah no that's that's you know good yeah, for him i would have do. done the same thing it's just like oh okay it's like business yeah. as usual because their their view is so kind of 
messed up and skewed because because yeah. this is this is the life they live. This is what they know. Yeah, and I, I feel like there it, it's it's the question for you know people who are in charge of leagues all the way down to little kids of. You know, there, there is something you can't be a professional athlete without that kind of team first mentality. Like there is, you know, the psychology of what makes you a good teammate, what makes you be someone who can strive to achieve to that level. But there has to be a healthier way to get that mindset that isn't going to cause people to be like, well, I can only sort of breathe because my one lung is collapsing, but I'm going to keep playing anyway. Like th- there has to be a, a happy medium of you know teaching kids to to play you know for the stupid cliche of the the name on the front instead of the logo on the front instead of the name on the back or whatever like i get it like i get why people glorify this like he did anything for his team look at like look at what he went through to play and win the cup or whatever i'm sure we're gonna hear all sorts of crazy stuff from tampa in the next couple of days of what you know they're all probably broken in many ways but there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way that isn't going to put these people's lives in danger. And, you know, it's not just the NHL, it's the AHL, it's the European leagues. I'm sure that women's hockey has its own problems with this too. Uh, They just have different, you know, they don't have the medical resources that the NHL does, but, you know, it's not just the NHL. It's something about this, not necessarily the sport, but the way that people are conditioned to, if you want to reach the highest level, you have to completely give up like all control of yourself to the team. And like, that's, that's why we have these guys just being like, yeah, I don't care what that drug is. I'm not going to investigate it. Just give it to me. Cause I want to get a, back out there for the next shift. Coming up in just a minute, I've got the last section of my conversation with Sarah, but first let me tell you about built go. Uh, built go is really awesome. Uh, it is a healthy replacement for your energy drink, uh, and it's not, you know, fake energy with, you know, tons of sugar and tons of caffeine. It is lasting, and it is natural. Uh, I got some Bilgo, and I've been using it pre-workout. I've been using it um, just, like, if I'm having a tough day, uh, if I have that kind of mental or physical wall that I really need to break through, then Bilgo will help me do that. Uh, it comes in these little, like, one and a half ounce packages, so you can just, like, throw it in your briefcase as you go to work, or you can put it in your gym bag, and, you know, or you can even just throw it in your pocket, and if you need it, it's there. Uh, it is the best workout gel on the market. Uh, it's like drinking a five-hour energy without that same kind of caffeine crash. Uh, it's like drinking a monster energy drink, but with way better results, and they come in three really delicious flavours. Uh, my favourite is the chocolate mint, but they also have a really good chocolate coconut flavour and a peanut butter honey. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of peanut butter, so I was really pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed the peanut butter honey. Um, but how does it work, you ask? Well, it combines the energy gel with uh, collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast, and it's really easy on the stomach and the digestive system. Uh, and it's loaded with stuff like beta-alanine, B3 uh, vitamins, honey, and just a little bit of caffeine to keep you going. Uh, it also has uh, vitamin B12, 
B6, and the collagen actually promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So, you know, not only does this stuff make you feel good, it makes you look good. So if you go to builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED, you will get 30% off your next order. So that's promo code LOCKED for 30% off at builtgo.com. Remember, you can find Locked on Blue Jackets at LO underscore Blue Jackets on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at JTheGoalie, or one word. And if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can also email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. There's a wide, wide gap between mm-hmm. sometimes you have to sit on the bench and let other kids play in terms of mm-hmm. like sac- like quote unquote sacrifice for the team and mm-hmm. i feel like there's a really big kind of fault or like missed link or something that they kind of they equate that to do literally anything for your team if you mm-hmm. admit weakness then you're a bad teammate and obviously there is you know there's a, a chasm between these two feelings but it feels very much like one is basically the same as the other you know if you care about your teammates Mm -hmm. you'll do this and I think again it kind of it traces back to junior hockey this you know kids are getting kids are moving away from home at the age of 14 Mm -hmm. and like especially now with this whole covid thing like they they were talking about I think it was the the OHL or the WHL I can't remember which one but they're talking about yeah no we're gonna we're going to play as normal, but the kids are only mm-hmm. allowed to socialize with their teammates at the rink. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> they have to be, they have to be, hope, like, they're basically, they're allowed to go to games, training, and their house. Like, they're distance learning in school, they're not allowed to socialize with other kids. Basically, everything about their lives will come down to sitting in their rooms or being at the rink. Which I feel yeah, like is probably what happens for most junior hockey anyway. But even more so you know it's just this absolute like dystopian just remove children from their parents and mold them into what you want to be because mm-hmm. at 14 they don't feel like they can say no they maybe don't know how to say no and then by the time it's mm-hmm. too late by the time they're 18 19 20 they're like well what's the point in making a fuss now i've been doing this for the last six years mm-hmm. and or so they're like well if i make a fuss like you know they're like I want to make it to the NHL and if I make a fuss I'm not going to make it or I'm going to get cut or whatever and and then they don't and it just it just keeps perpetuating over and over again um I I, before we wrap up I will say the one thing that I thought I found a little hopeful um was watching Cal Quincy coach these kids Uh, I I don't know what he's I don't know what who he coaches or what he's doing but um I, I would love to see more of that. Like, because if I want someone coaching my kid, I want a guy who he he's been there. He knows what is waiting for these kids. And if he can get to them at a young age to kind of be like, here's what to like, here's how you can engage in hockey at a high level in a healthy way. Um, those kids are going to be a lot more set. Hopefully if they can resist the other outside influences uh, for, for the, the challenges that are going to come ahead. And so if anything, I hope there are more Cal Quincy's who, who move on to, to working with youth and to working with kids to, you know, if you can't, if you can't reform the NHL and if you can't change things at that level, you can, you can start from the bottom up and start with 
you know, 10, 12, 14 year olds. And, you know, I had to learn like um, peer pressure skills when I was in like middle school to resist, you know, someone trying to give me drugs. Like, you know, it's that basic of start teaching them from such a young age. Uh, Right. And if he can get to, you know, 10 kids, then that's 10 Mm -hmm. kids who might, you know, when they make it to the next level, are less susceptible to this. They're more likely to, you know, say, hey, this is this is a problem. I'm not comfortable with this, et cetera, et cetera. There was a really good bit in the documentary where he was talking to one of his kids and he talked about how um, this is what you need if you want to succeed at the Mm -hmm. next level. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was um, it was very much like you need this to succeed at the next level. If you want to succeed, you have to do this. But at no point was it very, did it seem like you have to do this at the expense of right. yourself? Right, right. And and if if anyone's going to get listened to, it's going to be this guy who played in the NHL, and a kid is going to be like, well this guy who made it is telling me what I should do and I'm going to listen to him. So I, I commend him for still working with kids and for hopefully being able to start influencing the next generation. And I think that's all the time we have for today. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to be doing a draft preview because uh, holy crap, that snuck up. Um, and then on the Wednesday, we will have kind of a draft overview. We'll look at what kind of moves the Jackets made, what kind of moves they maybe should have made. Uh, we'll look more deeply into their draft picks and kind of what that is going to look like. Uh, and then on Thursday, we will have a mailbag. So, you know, all good stuff. Make sure you are checking in. Make sure you are subscribing so this stuff just drops directly into the feed of whatever podcast platform of your choice. And I will see you tomorrow.